referees, we do love a good atmosphere as well. I mean, it's part of football, isn't it? Every football fan, everyone involved in football wants fans there creating an atmosphere. I mean, it only adds to the game. It was just funny because it just shocked me. Like, you go from, like, a few years ago, refereeing on the park to then having all of a sudden this 30 million pound strike in front of you when you're refereeing. Yeah. It's not about being popular as a referee because it seems you want to start being popular. That's when you kind of compromise whether or not you're making the right decisions. But it's about giving decisions which can be understood um, and are correct in law. Um, I think when you start trying to be players' friends and whatnot, that's when they kind of lose respect. A few years ago, I did um, Lewis v Chelsea in the pre-season. I was looking at the, um, the pro, well, Chelsea under-23s. Um, I was looking at the programme like a couple of weeks ago and I was looking at who started. And it was like Callum Hudson had always started, which I had no idea who was playing. Um, Ethan Ampadu, uh, Reese James. And all of a sudden, these players are playing in the Premier League now. So I've been the best player I think I've seen live. It was a couple of years ago. It was Bissouma from Brighton. And he just signed, and I thought, God, this, guy, this guy's a player, he, he can play. Um, but it didn't really work for him the first season at Brighton. I was quite surprised with it, but, but now you can see how, how good he is. And he's... Everyone's like, our referees don't get scrutinised, like, who's coaching them, who's, yeah, um, they, they, they're protected. But, but we're not, we've, we've got to maintain our standards, otherwise we won't be at that level for very long at all. Hello and welcome back to the Mainly Football podcast. Today is our second episode of our Behind the Life series or Inside the Life series, may I say. Uh, we're joined by Connell Bartlett, who is uh, an up-and-coming referee, I think that's fair to say. How are you, Connell? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good to have you on. And uh, obviously, Jack Hill and the usual Michael pa- Michael Partington. Mikey Partington. How are you, boys? Gone nice and formal now. I like this, George. No, I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to today. It's great to have Connell on. Yeah, brilliant. I'm having a bit of a nightmare with uh, names today, so please excuse me. But yeah, so going straight into it, Connell. Basically, we're going to basically start with how you started out. Uh, obviously, with Hasek's Hasek's juniors at 16. Um, so I just wanted to know a bit about because I know I know from when we chatted, um, you did a bit of refereeing and playing at the same time. So yeah, if you could just tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so like most people, I started off playing, you know, joined Hassocks when I was about eight or nine years old. Um, we, we, we weren't the best team, bless us. Um, we, we, we had fun. Um, yeah, my, my dad was the manager, so it got to a stage where you see like, young referees coming along and they get getting paid quite quite nice money for that age, about 25 quid. And bear on, bear on we're getting battered about 10 nil every game. All they're doing is counting <laughs> goals, and I thought that's quite an easy... Quite an easy job. I'll, I'll try and get into that. Um, so yeah, I must have been like I think I was fifteen when I did the course. Um, did the course? Yeah, as I say, did a season of playing and refereeing. I was pretty refereeing in the morning, um, playing in the afternoon. Um, but then yeah, I just felt like I've loved playing really. Um, I decided to take refereeing on, and it's kind of gone from there really. Yeah, and um, like I said, you mentioned that. Um sort of choice to make a bit of extra money on the weekends, not really thinking about it seriously. But when did you start to sort of think, you know, I can kind of go somewhere with this and I want to kind of follow it up as a as a potential career? Yeah, probably when I was yeah, 17, 18, um, I applied for promotion. Um, so essentially when you jo- when you 
join your a level nine referee and you kind of work your way down. Um, when you get to 16, um, you automatically become like a level seven um, out of doing nothing really. Mm. Um, so I went to go uh, seven to six. Um, so that's when like assessors start turning up to your games, uh, watching you, putting reports on you. Um, and it's probably the fact that when I was playing, I was never really told that I was good at it. So when you referee and you get some nice like feedback, um, yeah, I thought I was quite enjoy this. So I kind of kept doing the promotions until you get to level four when the F, that's when the FA get involved and they promote you. Um, you don't apply yourself. They just choose when you, whether or not you get promoted. Um, so yeah, probably 17, 18 when I was going for a promotion scheme quite early. It's pretty when I started taking it a bit more seriously. Yeah. And what level are you now then? Level four, did you say? I'm level three now. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's, a bit, it's a weird level, level three, because, yeah, I'm a level three referee, but I'm a step one assistant referee. Um, so that's when you sort of like split pathways. And uh, yeah, as I say, we mentioned previously, um, I can make a decision to so see you know, whether I want to be a referee for the rest of my career or just run the line. Yeah, that's a, a tough one, definitely. Yeah. Um, and how did you how did you get into the assistant side of things? How did that come about? Yeah, so as you, yeah, when I got to level seven, I started doing some like sort of like Isthmian under eighteen games where you can run the line. Um, you never really get observed on or assessed on the line um, until you get to like level four, level three. Um, so kind of like it's just a bit on the side of your referee and where you kind of build experience working with like better referees. Um, I think when I took it seriously it was probably the last few seasons. Um, yeah, because when I got promoted to level three, I referee on the National League, uh, run the line on the National League South. Um, and that's when you can start progressing like National League and then Football League, Premier League, whatnot. Um, so if, when you kind of get the pathway of, oh, if I do well here, I can get promoted. That's sort of when, when I started taking it a bit more seriously and enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, as you mentioned there, you can, so you can be lino for Premier League two. Um, and then uh, National League, and then Ismin South and North. But I don't, I doubt you do any North games or anything. No, I've not been treated to any North games refereeing. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily. yeah, yeah. How, how does the standard compare between the two for 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 the twenty threes and uh, and National League South? Yes, yeah, so, so I do rely National League Premier and Premier League Two. Uh, I find it's hard because Premier League Two, they're they're, all, they're very very professional, very fit. Um, I tend to find like. The speed is a, it's a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, but I think to find the National League Premier, it's quite a difficult sort of physical sort of battle. Um, so you, you're probably more, you have more tight off cycles in the Premier League too. Um, like you, you see on the Premier League how tight some of these offsides are these days. I'm just, I, just, I was flabbergasted how well these systems actually do. I know we talk about toenails and whatnot, but more often than not, they're getting them right. Um but it's the same with the Premier League too. These are the training with the first team, these under 23 players. So we're getting these decisions as well. And it is so, so tough. Uh, you just got, you've How got beneficial is that to kind of have, you know, like the different sort of competitions to kind of officiate? And you said how tough it is there. How beneficial is that for your development? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, as you know, football is a funny game, isn't it? You, you see in the FA Cup, you get like yeah, the big team and the little team and how different styles and, um, Sometimes big teams come stuck against those sort of styles, but yeah, for a variety of like different, you know, say standards and how teams play, you can only benefit me really, uh, just building that experience and improving on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
obviously probably the the biggest uh, achievement of your career to date last November when you got called up to the FA Cup first round proper. That was having having at Waterlooville versus Cray Valley. Um, I mean, that must have been you must have been absolutely gobsmacked when you got that call. Yeah, I was buzzing. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a shock because it's my it's my first year kind of running the line at the level I'm on. Um, so I didn't expect. I, I knew I had a free weekend that weekend. I wasn't given a game, and I knew it was a first round weekend. So I thought, oh, maybe I might get one. Um, but no, never did I actually probably think I was going to actually get one. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great day. It was a BBC red button or something, see like that. Um, yeah, I remember so watching just, it. Like, did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Televised game and. Um, just being involved in such a big occasion, a big cup competition. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was very proud just to be mm. involved. I suppose you had one little, um, one kind of alleviated pressure, which was no abuse from the fans because they couldn't attend. So I guess that kind of helped you a little bit. Yeah, it's funny this year because, yeah, you say no fans are in. Um, we said when we talked a few months ago, I, I quite enjoy running the live with no fans because you don't get much stick or anything. But I'm actually missing it now because you get some great atmospheres at non-league and uh, um, yeah I do look forward to them coming back next season hopefully how do, you, how do you compare the stick from being a lino obviously being right by the fans to being the ref which is almost like the centre of it so how would, you, how would them two compare for you yeah being a referee is obviously much better <laughs> you can stay in the centre so you can get out of the way of it yeah, um, yeah. Well, the, no because I think the frustrating thing on the line is that you've got, you've got your half and then there's a decision going on the other corner and there's someone behind you going, you've not seen that line, though. Like, oh, I've seen it, but I'm not going to start flagging for something in the other corner, am I? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you obviously you hear a lot more on the line and you've got to take it as jest. It's all good fun, really. Yeah, definitely. You hear, a lot of, um, you hear a lot of kind of talk about, you know, like players coming out, particularly this season and saying how much they've missed the fans because of like their personal performance. What kind of impact does it have on you, like in terms of, maybe this time two years ago as opposed to now? How have you found it? Yeah, as I say, like, first you kind of think of the good bits about not getting stick, but referees, we do love a good atmosphere as well. I mean, it's part of football, isn't it? Every football fan, everyone involved in football wants fans there creating an atmosphere. And it only adds to the game. Um, to be fair, the fixtures have still been quite competitive this year. There's been some good games, but football without fans is nothing. And yeah, I've, I, I do miss them. I do look forward to them coming back. Hmm. I suppose as as refs, you're as much football fans as anyone really. Says, so I mean, I feel like fans don't see that viewpoint often enough. With refs, they kind of just see them as um, people who aren't just football fans. They're just kind of there to to ruin the party in a way. That's it. Yeah, pantomime villains. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah, we wouldn't do this if we didn't love football. Honestly, I, I'd have much better things to do on my Saturday than getting shouted at. For, yeah. No, we, we we love football and yeah, I'm sure people probably do understand it too. Yeah. I suppose in a way, I mean, you compare it to the let's say rugby, where it's a whole different culture with referees and um and I suppose in an ideal world that'd be nice to have oh, just the captain coming over to speak to me. Um but I, I feel like it's so deeply ingrained in football. Obviously obviously there's a line with you see some of these prem refs, you get death threats and stuff, which is completely out of order. There's all there is that balance between kind of well, I suppose a lot of it's friendly banter. I'm sure some of it's a bit aggressive, but it's kind of part of footballing culture in a way. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's just the will to win and like win at all costs mentality, um, which I don't think will change. Um, I can't see 
anytime soon it's turning into rugby. Uh, but you want the passion in the game, like even as referees, like if we turn up one day and everyone's calling us sir and whatnot, we're like, what's going on? But obviously, as you say, there needs to be a, a line where they can't go above that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's what makes football such a great sport and yeah, just yeah. Um, wants to play on and with. Do you ever, because um, I know as a fan and I'm sure we all can relate to this, like, you know, when a ref gives a really good advantage or something, do you ever kind of hear that in the stands and you're like, you give a great advantage or something and like you hear the fans like cheering or I suppose kind of it's too quick to remember, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's a great feeling. We do play an advantage and it leads to a goal or something. But um, yeah, I mean, everything that we can do to contribute to a good game of football is a bonus for us, really. What What is a routine or a, 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 on a, um, a series as such where it's inside the life how does a day in the life work in a, in terms of a refereeing game whether that be night or day what does a pre-match preparations kind of look like for you yeah so I've got a game tomorrow so I'm at Sutton tomorrow um, normally we'd get there probably two hours before kick off but because of Covid restrictions and red zones and whatnot we're getting there at half five or 7pm kickoff. Um, the first thing we'd do really we'll go out and just wander on the pitch make sure everything's in place which at Sutton I'm sure there'll be no issues at all um We'll go in. Um, normally, we'd meet the observe, the assessor, um, but because of COVID, it's all they've got to stay away from us. Um, the referee would do his pre-match talk, where he tells us what he expects from us and um, what what we can expect of him. Uh, team chiefs will come in. Um, we do that outside. Outside now, normally be in with the captains and the coaches, um, but it's now just with the coaches outside on the field of play. Uh, we'll come in, uh, get changed into the warm-up stuff, go out for a warm-up. Um, come in kind of five, ten minutes for, to ourselves, get our thoughts got in the zone for the game, um, go out and deliver the game. So normally there's a lot more to it. Normally you go upstairs for a cup of tea in the boardroom and you have a nice chat with um, both clubs. Um, but now it's, it's quite quite simple to get there, do what you need to do, do the game and go home. Um, yeah, I mean, that's COVID times, isn't it? Just everything's changed, everything's been messed about slightly. Very true. And how does that compare in uh, in your in your eyes? And did you say before something about an assessor, as in will you have an assessor for each game? Yeah, so the level I do on the line, there'll be assessor at every game. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, normally we'd meet them before the game, have a cup of tea with them, um, and they'd come in and do a debrief after the game. Uh, now, it's, yeah, they're not allowed to come anywhere near us um, on the day of the game. So I've got my Zoom call with him on Thursday, uh, where he'll discuss... Um, different parts of the game, different incidents, what went, what's good, what we potentially improve on. Um, <clears throat> and the level as well, we get analysed on video. So you might have a view of one thing on the day, but you might look at it back on the video and think, oh, maybe it's not quite as I saw it. Um, so there's no real hiding place, really. You just got to get the decisions yeah. right and hope for the best. Fair point. Yeah, I suppose um, how many of those, it's, it's obviously hard to put a number on it, but how often... Do you find find yourself getting that, getting it wrong in a way, and maybe not maybe not you, but in general, is it is it? Do you ever look back and think, oh, like two minutes ago, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have given that foul or whatever? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, we got a whole ninety minutes sent to us, so I do often watch my games back, and you do look at things you're like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I? But uh, well, I'll be telling you honestly, back in February, I got an offside wrong, which um, was classed as a key match decision. Um, which I thought it was a really tight one, but I was gutted about it because just like my, my process 
of what I normally do well wasn't quite there. And I reckon if I had done that right, I might have got it correct. And yeah. Um, so it, yeah, but the good thing about video is when you see the stuff you do well as well. And say, if you change something in your game and you implemented the next game and you get a decision right using it, then yeah, it's beneficial to you that way as well. Yeah. When you say your, when you see a process, can you kind of elaborate on that a bit? And to, is it hard to explain that? But yeah, so, so on, on the line, you kind of want to be like front on as possible, just so you can like have. Because when it's going to be a tight crossover for an attacker and defender, you want to make sure both eyes are on um, the defender and the attacker. And I think it was a, it was a quick break, and I sort of turned and sort of had half an eye on it. Um, so I thought if I just got there a little bit quicker. Um, yeah, and just had a front-on view, maybe I would have got that correct. So, yeah, little, little technical things like that, which um, is good to work on through the video. Yeah. And, and how do, how are you tested by that fitness-wise? And and I keep coming back to compare questions, but again, for assistant referees, referees, just how fit do you have to be to do that? Because I can't imagine it's uh, it's light work. No, it's not. I mean, on the line as well, I think when you're refereeing, it's all about angles. Uh, you can get the correct angle when you get, when you get the decision right more likely than not if you're not in line as an assistant referee you've got no chance in getting the offside decision correct um and as i said these players are getting fitter like the level i do these players are professionals this is their full-time job um and i i work and i referee on the side so it's a it's a hard balancing act of trying to get fit and find the time to do that but i, I try my best we, we get tested once a season uh, in the summer where we do it's a new test now. It's like 75 metres like in a certain amount of time, 25 metres walking like times 40 or something like that. 40? Um, yeah, good, 40 times, yeah. Uh, wow. And then we've got to do, I think it's like four sprints, four 40 metre sprints in under six seconds, something like that. Um, but the thing is, you get fit for a fitness test, but that doesn't essentially mean you're fit enough for the game. So it's that topping us up throughout the season and making sure that we come match day, we're ready and ready to go. Yeah. And um, Andy, oh, sorry, you go, Mikey. I, I was just going to ask with that fitness sort of stuff, how much of it, how do you kind of balance that with your kind of work life? How much do you kind of put into refereeing, you know, with it being on the side? Do you have to sometimes um, kind of find a bit of a balance for that some weeks? Yeah, you've got to. Yeah, I mean, you got to cancel like plans and like you can't meet up your mates whenever you want to. Um, but the thing is, when I get it done, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the best position for match day. So I, I do need to get it done. Um, yeah, I try and train most days if I can. Uh, obviously, with work, I work a shift pattern. So um, some days are easier than others. Um, but yeah, I just, just got to get it done. Otherwise, you'll fall behind them and it'll be shown on match day. I mean, going back to the football, um, where did you see like the biggest jump in quality? Because like, you, you've risen up pretty quickly. Where was that? Where was the jump from in that semi-pro level? Um, that's a good question. Pro probably this year uh, on the line, just because, yeah, I used to run the line on the National League South, but this year, like the National League Premier, Premier League Two, they they're all they're all professionals, um, and also we're all mic'd up now um, at this level which I've never used the communications kits before. So that's another thing to sort of think about and what information you've got to feed through uh, verbally and also visually with the flag and whatnot. Um, so to run the line, is, it, in order to get the basics right, you can't really go wrong. But as you go up, like, it's hard to get the basics right, if you know what I mean, in terms of like staying in line, 
um, yeah, getting involved when you need to. Um, so I reckon, yeah, and also I think the pressure as well this year of like, it's a higher level, like these, your decisions on the National League Premier could determine whether a team are a football league club next year. And the money involved in that is ridiculous. So, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd probably say this year is the biggest step I've ever had. Yeah. How do you how do you find communicating through through the mics and what was that change like going from nothing to pretty much everything in terms of communications? Yeah, it's difficult because like when you're communicating with the referees in the middle, the only communication really previously was with the flag. Um, <clears throat> so so now with the mic, you can feed in all sorts of information you want. But it's kind of yeah, trying to understand what referees want and what you kind of think should they want or um, is the information I'm giving them is that really relevant or is it just like wasting like airtime you know what I mean mm. um, but I think I think I got gripped to it quite quickly I think um, because I used to be four officials as well at this level I kind of like, heard and understood what what um, was being fed in um, but it's just nothing to think about really and to be honest it, they are so good because um, if you say there's a penalty decision as an assistant you don't really want to be given the old big one um, but you think um, you think it's a penalty you can feed it in but the referee can choose not to take your advice or not Without causing a massive sort of like visual carnage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I suppose did we're about to sort of do training with that, like in terms of getting used to it. Did you have to go on like training courses or anything? No, no. I think it's just doing the pre seasons and just working with referees who do have the kits. Um, I think that's the best way of doing it. Was learning on the job. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much training would, would kind of prepare you for certain decisions, but it's just learning from the job, trying to reflect on. Uh, whether that was a good bit of information I provided or whether it was probably not needed. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, every game I'm doing with it, I'm improving on it. So, I mean, that's the most important thing, really. Yeah, and going going to your um, other career highlights, obviously, you mentioned to me a while back about um, being on the line for Benteke. Um, yeah. Well, you can either tell that story or have you got any other interesting players that you've just uh, officiated for? Um, feel yeah. free to say. So, yeah, no, so Benteke was earlier this season. Um when he, I mean, he wasn't quite in the first team, as, um, I don't know, come out from injury or something. Uh, it was just funny because it just shocked me. Like, you go from, like, a few years ago, refereeing on the park to then having all of a sudden this £30 million strike in front of you when you're refereeing. Yeah, um, yeah there's a, who else have done? Um, a few years ago, I did um, Lewis v Chelsea in a pre-season. I was looking at the, oh. um, the, the pro, well, Chelsea under-23s, um, I was looking at the programme like a couple of weeks ago and I was looking at who started. It was like Callum Hudson-Odoi started, which I had no idea he was playing. Um, Ethan Ampadu, uh, Reese James. And all of a sudden, these players are playing in the Premier League now. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. And also, um, I think the best player I think I've seen live, it was a couple of years ago, it was Bissouma from Brighton. Oh, really? It was literally, yeah, it was a pre-season, uh, just like behind closed doors at the training ground or something. And he just signed, and I thought, God, this, guy, this guy's a player. He, he can play. Um, but it didn't really work for him the first season at Brighton. I was quite surprised with it, but, but now you can see how, how good he is, and he's, yeah, he's doing well yeah, for Brighton. I think, I think he's, uh, it took him a bit of time to adjust. Yeah, the boys, uh, you know, I'm a big advocate of Basuma, so I went... Um, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, well, I think all Brighton... You know, you have that sort of player in your club where the world doesn't really see them yet, but then you're like... Yeah, we love this guy. Uh, and I was just, he was class. Like he was playing in between the lines. He was, he was getting on the ball. I can't remember who they were playing, but he was by, by far the standout player. And I, yeah, I was shocked 
Yeah, it's just average. every time he makes a five-yard pass, George is absolutely all he's in the group <laughs> chat all over it. <laughs> but um, what is that? Uh, so, what in terms of uh, like a raw ability, you'd say Basumi then? I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, what, what do I know? But I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that point, um, you know, you're focusing on the game, but what sort of do you, do you ever see these players? Maybe perhaps like that Lewis Chelsea game. Where you see these players in these under twenty three sides, and you think that guy's destined for the top. Have you ever had that? Yeah. It, the thing of that game, I didn't because I had no idea they were playing. Um, but I suppose it's like it's a pre season. They're playing a lower league team. You, you can't really express your ability as well. Um, I mean, you when you referee, you, you're focused on on the game and delivering it as a match official. Um, but you, yeah, you see the odd moment. Oh, that's, that's a good pass or, or what a goal. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so you do see a little bit, but it's not like you're, you're so focused, really. Yeah. Ass- assessing your own performance, how would you, how would you, if, if someone was to say sum up yourself as a referee, would you be someone who takes on what the players say? You kind of, um, as we see in the Premier League, sometimes my view, my view only, what kind of works for you? Yeah, I think it's just like, you want to deliver a game which is delivered safely where all the players are, are fine in one piece at the end of the game. Um, you've got the big decisions correct. Um, it's not about being popular as a referee because as soon as you want to start being popular, that's when you kind of compromise whether or not you're making the right decisions. But it's about giving decisions which can be understood um, and are correct in law. Um, I think when you start trying to be players' friends and whatnot, that's when they kind of lose respect. Be, be like professional with them. Um, you know, speak to them, communicate correctly, and that's how you get the respect. Um, you, you do see a lot of referees, not necessarily at the highest level, but a bit lower down, where they're a bit matey with the players, and you're like, is that going to really work? But no, I think it's just giving what, giving the correct decisions and um, communicating as professionally as you can with with players. Yeah, on that point, with um, you know, off the pitch, there's there's there was a bit of debate actually in, in the uh, City Dortmund game. Because was it one of the linesmen or the fourth official um, got an autograph or something? And um, to honest, I didn't see a problem with that because I think after the game, it's kind of... I think it's gone to a cancer research charity along them lines. Yeah, yeah that was... That, thing. Yeah. yeah I, I, think, I think with that, I think he don't, he's obviously done it for the right reasons, but it's the fact that it's probably caught on camera in the tunnel. Mm. Yeah. Maybe quite word when doing the handshakes, oh, can you come and change your answer game? And I've got something for a charity I'm working on. Uh, I think it was, yeah, the fact it was in the title is almost in chasing him in a way. It just looked yeah. poor. I suppose you um, do you kind of learn not to get starstruck because I can imagine that'd be quite easy to do. Uh, yeah, to be fair, when I'm seeing these players, I don't really get starstruck. I think, oh look, it's um, I don't Chris Eaton or it's um, Lewis Dunk. I don't really see it like that. Um, yeah, as I say, you've got a job to do and you've got to just make sure you're going to do it. Really. Yeah, definitely. And um, in terms of like um, with with being a referee full time and stuff, because I don't actually know when refs start to have that as their full time job. What sort of age and level do you start to become a full time referee or linesman? I, I could be wrong, but I think it's championship. I know the football league guys; they're all part time um, assistants and referees. But I think yeah, the championship assistants and referees. I think they're full time, and obviously the Premier League as well. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. <clears throat> um, once again, shows that the higher you got, you get onto the football league, and they're still part time. So it just shows how difficult it that's can cra- be. That's crazy, really. Yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, it'd be inter- that's, must be a massive effort doing it sort of like League One, but not being full time, I guess. Exactly, and sort of travelling as well. Like you're, you're travelling more, um, probably doing more games. But the demands get greater. Yeah, it must yeah. be very difficult for them. Club, clubs wise, one, I think, I think, for example, I know, I think Anthony Taylor's altering them, and yeah. he's he, he, on social media. He tends to get quite a bit of stick. Um, stick for who he supports or no not for who he supports who some fans think he support and same with other referees where you see quite big referees going for local clubs do you think that tends to be something that happens and they are genuinely supporters or putting away the true colours and and I think Mike Mike Dean's tram here isn't he Uh, and and he's quite vocal about it yeah I mean as I said previously we're all football fans and we we fell in love with the game probably supporting a club um we have to, dis- well, not me personally, but yeah, the higher you go, you have to got to disclose who you support. Um, I think Michael Longo, I think he's a Newcastle fan, so he can't do any games. Uh, yeah. Newcastle or probably Sunderland or any any games which could influence what Newcastle are doing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that Anthony Taylor's probably an Auchingham fan and Mike Dean's a Tramere fan. Um, yeah, and I don't know, you've got to disclose who you support. And yeah, to be honest, I think even if you do referee a cl- Referee team you support, you've got the job to do. Um, I know I had to do Arsenal under 23s um, previously, and it, you've got a job to do, and you've just got to be professional in what you do and make the correct decisions. Otherwise, it just reflects badly on you. Just, Fair point. just on the topic of kind of top referees in the game, is there anyone you kind of watch, or do you maybe go out of your way sometimes to kind of watch games and watch referees and kind of pick up things from them? Yeah, I think. A couple of guys in the Premier League, I think that, yeah, Anthony Taylor, I think he's a really good referee. I think he's probably one of the best ones. Um, Michael Oliver, I think he pro- probably, yeah, once again, one, one, of the, one of the top ones in in Europe, I imagine. Uh, I think, yeah, you, I mean, I watch football as a football fan mainly, but if you do see something like, oh, that's quite nice, um, yeah, you can pick it up and potentially try and like, implement it into my own game. I remember a couple of years ago seeing something, it might have been the 2018 World Cup, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think no UK referees went to it or English referees. How come, when they've been so involved previously, how how would you assess that and how how come you think the reasoning behind that is? I think that was because Mark Clattenberg was our guy to go to the, um, was it World Cup, wasn't it? Did, did yeah. he end up going to Saudi Arabia or something? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that was the issue because he went to Saudi Arabia that we we lost our our guy. Oh. Um, so it, it reflected badly on us because it looked as if our, we've got no referees nominated because we're not good enough. Um, not not the case at all. It's because Mark Lambert went to Saudi Arabia. Um, I think we've got two guys going to the Euros. You've got Anthony Taylor and Michael Oliver going to the Euros. So yeah, it does show we are in a good place refereeing wise. Fair point. Yeah, and um, I mean, going going back to VAR, obviously, that might be a, a few years away once you've got a few more promotions. But um, I mean, that must be, because you were talking about the earpiece thing earlier, that must be absolutely, when you're a ref in the middle of making a call, you've got the fourth official or the VAR person in your ear, got probably got your linesman in your ear as well. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it just sounds ridiculous to... Well, it does, doesn't it? You think about 90th minute at Anfield and you're given a penalty against Liverpool and you've got VAR in your ear, you've got the fans in your ear. I mean, God, what a thankless task that is. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be... De- I really would not want to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound particularly fun, does it? Um, 
I think VAR, I think, isn't isn't ready for the right reasons. I think obviously it's still very new. Um, it will only get better using it. Um, yeah, I mean, technology in football does need to be involved. How it's involved is another thing. And yeah, I mean, learning from mistakes and whatnot, that's uh, the best way in progressing it, really. Yeah. I was, um, it's, only, well, it's only the second season of VAR now, right? And um, but like, yeah, I hope it, it should get better. And it's one of those things where you, you do want it. I was I was thinking like uh, they should follow a sort of, I don't know if this would work because football's a lot more fluid than like tennis, for example. But like having that sort of three-strike system with the captains, I because I was thinking, you know, if they think someone's actually offside, they should they can make that call. But I was thinking about like really, you might you might be 90th minute and you've got some team calling for calling for a throw, but it's obviously not or something and wasting time. So I don't know how that would work really. Yeah, I mean, don't rule it out. I think things can change in football, can't they? But yeah, as I say, if people use up their reviews, I mean, there's a massive decision in the, in the 90th minute which they can't review because they've used up all their reviews and it's an injustice, then, mm. you know, difficult as well. But yeah, I'm sure there's loads of like, methods that will come out about how to improve AR and um, yeah, yeah, in the future. Okay. And um, so going a bit into your other career then, um, mm-hmm. so obviously you're, you're a referee by day and uh, a police officer, well, other days. Um, other days. Not, yeah. It's a bit of a stupid question, but do you prefer handing out yellows or chasing criminals? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's very different jobs, um, or not. Um, I mean, I, I love my job. I love going to work, um, and I love refereeing as well. So I see myself as being very lucky. Um, uh, yeah, I think the escapism of football and like just being involved in a game and um, is something I, I love as well. So I, I like both of them. I couldn't choose between the two. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. But you, you definitely take the referee referee role of uh, that came about full time one day. Oh, I don't know. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might, might not be worth all the abuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice one. Well, anyone got anything else they were dying to ask? I was going to say, if, final thing from me, really. What is the pin? If you had to pinpoint one moment, which is probably obviously like you touched on being being very professional in and around the game uh, is there anything that's tickled you funny wise that you'd never thought you'd see from a referee's standpoint but then it's almost taken you out of taken you out of that professional character in a way oh god i think the best probably not the best part the best part the worst part in football is when you think you made a big decision against the home team and you're walking into, walking into a tunnel at the end of the game and you see a group of people just come into the tunnel and you think, I know exactly what's coming here. And you just hear all sorts. Um, I mean, I look quite young for my age. I, I'm happy to accept that. <laughs> um, you get all sorts of, oh, you should you be at school? Does your mum know you're out? And you just, <laughs> you've got to look and you've just got to laugh. Um, yeah, Where's I mean, that from fans or coaches or...? Oh, fan, oh, you could have all sorts of players, yeah. If you get bullied at school, ref, you know, that sort of stuff. But you've got to give it back as well, haven't you? And just, yeah, have a laugh and, yeah, just <laughs> not take it too personally. Yeah. Do you, are, you, are you kind of given, um, in terms of your training, I'm sure they, they don't train this sort of thing, but are you given license to be able to sort of, you know, give it give it back a bit as well? Or in good fun? As much as sort of your own, own style. I, I like to just because it kind of shows I'm human and, Wanting to engage with players, but um, 
yeah, I think as long as you do it correctly and you're not being abusive, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing. But yeah, I think when sometimes players, you give it a little bit back and they quite like it and they go, oh, fair enough, Raphael. Um, and they won't do it again. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, well, final one from me. Um, we, By the way, just to let you know, guys, we are able to go over the 40 minutes. I got a notification about it, so don't worry. Get um, in there. <laughs> us cheapskates. But um, yeah, in terms of your sort of personal goals, um, obviously, I'm sure... Premier League's that that one, but let's say maybe you know next five years. I know being a ref is quite a a long process. You have to really get your experience before you get progressed loads. But what's your sort of next five year plan? It's a tricky one because as I say, end of next season, I've probably got to choose where I'm running the line for the rest of my career or refereeing. Um, either way, I'd like to probably get promoted once or twice in those next five years. Um, it's a funny game. It's refereeing's funny. I mean, it can change so quickly. You can. It's quite relentless as well. You, to maintain your level, you've got to you've got to work really hard. Um, you can easily get demoted. Uh, obviously, I'm trying. Can you? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, the bottom ten percent of each level each year get demoted. Really, I never knew that. No, it's pretty savage. And I mean, if you don't finish in the top forty percent for three years, you also get demoted. So it's a proper like, yeah, you got to really maintain your standards and keep improving otherwise the next person takes your takes your job and that's it so yeah I just want to keep improving um, and get a couple of promotions or something that'd be quite nice but keep enjoying it that's the main thing and uh, hopefully we get back to normal and uh, get some fans back it's amazing yeah, I suppose having fans is um that's a kind of a big thing for you in terms of maybe well perhaps what you want to choose between um yeah yeah I think so I think the level of three, I, I really enjoy that. I mean, it's a good, you get a variety of clubs, but you sometimes get very few spectators. And then one week I'll be at a certain club with maybe 50 spectators, then I'll be running the line with a good few thousand there. Um, it, it's it's, it's going to be a hard decision, but yeah, I've just got to see what I'm doing, doing better in, really. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck with that. And um, I think, unless, unless you boys have got anything else you want to add. Um, I think that's, pretty much that's, that's all for me. Thank you very much for uh, yeah. coming on, coming on, Connell. Appreciate. Right. Uh, to be fair, I, I honestly would not have known there was the level of insight in terms of the um, the assessing part of it and the the, the going down the ten percent. Wow, I didn't realise it was a uh, it was that I mean, brutal. Think, everyone's like our referees don't get scrutinised. Like, who's coaching them? Who's yeah? Um, they they're protected, but but we're not. We, we've got to maintain our standards, otherwise we won't be at that level. To for very long at all. Yeah, I think some of the yeah, people don't really recognise. Brilliant. Well, that's uh, that's makes the end of the episode then. So, uh, Connell, thank you for your time, mate. And no um, worries, great to chat with you again. And um, best of luck with your game tomorrow. Who is it? Sutton United versus Barnet. Barnet in National League. Yeah, big game for Sutton. That so yeah. Yeah. On the on the note of Barnet, I think George needs to sort his out as well. So uh <laughs> I don't know oh, no. No. <laughs> Look, I knew I should have put my hat on. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, all the best, mate. Thank you. Nice one, no, Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. See you later.